It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Love Talk Radio. editor-in-chief and founder of Interactive TV Today, also called ITVT. We're located at ITVT.com. We follow the multi-platform interactive television industry around the world, which includes cable, satellite, telco, internet, mobile and consumer electronics platforms, large and small. I founded the company in 1998. This show is called Radio ITVT. You can read our daily news, search archives, access screenshots and videos, blog, upload media, comment, and subscribe to our flagship free email newsletter at ITVT.com. There you'll also hear about our latest interviews or click to the TV of Tomorrow show conference site, which was recently held March 3rd through the 5th in San Francisco. You can see an overview video of what it felt like to be there and more videos from attendees and speakers. You can find it at thetvoftomorrowshow.com. Part of our mandate is to offer all sorts of interesting and informative interviews with high-level executives, creatives, and technologists who work at companies that are changing the medium of television and aggressively influencing the marketplace. In this episode of Radio ITVT, we speak with high-profile interactive TV advertising industry figure Tim Hanlon, who just recently joined Catalyst S Plus F, a company which bills itself as specializing in providing mission-critical advice and execution to innovation-oriented startups, brands, and investors, unquote, as a partner. According to the company, Hanlon, who was previously managing director of Hoopasis Group's Viveki Ventures, will be responsible for its venture investment and advisory strategies, as well as its lead consultant on advanced media issues. He will also open a Chicago office for the company. In the recording, we speak about the company's goals and his mandate at Catalyst SF, companies they're working with and looking at, as well as his perspectives on many topics of interest, such as the importances, the, sorry, the importance and challenges of maintaining privacy in the age of social media, targeting and addressability, promotional marketing, opportunities for marketers on emerging interactive television platforms, and much more. Welcome to the show, Tim. Hey, Tracy. How are you? I'm great. Uh, you might hear some thunder outside. It's just sort of thunder and lightning here where I am, but uh, that doesn't preclude us from having a great conversation. So, I have uh, an umbrella. <laughs> okay. 
uh, from Chicago to uh, I'm actually in Columbus, Ohio at the moment, so we're doing um, we're doing it from the Midwest this this, this week. All right, so uh, the news, as I mentioned in the intro, is that you are starting a new office in Chicago uh, in partnership with Catalyst SF, SF being San Francisco, but I believe it also means for that company, Strategy and Fundamentals. That's correct. Um, it's a relatively new entity. It's been around for about uh, two years or so. It was uh, created um, from scratch by two uh, interactive uh, um, uh, stalwarts, uh, Cody, uh, excuse me, Corey Trefoletti and um, John Durham, um, very well known in, in interactive advertising circles. And uh, they have a very interesting um, approach in that they call themselves um, a marketing capital firm. And uh, for the last, I don't know, four years or so, when I was part of the publicist family with Denuo and VivaKey, um, I ran a ventures practice that uh, included not only future of television stuff, but lots of uh, future of media type of um, uh, technologies and companies, um, and ostensibly trying to um, help translate uh, those companies into the world of marketing and advertising and agencies. That's, that's effectively what Catalyst SF does. Um, it's, it's designed to offer marketing services and strategy with a capital S to startup companies, to entrepreneurial endeavors, uh, and just other game-changing companies. They could be publicly traded for all we care um, with a sensibility that, um, you know, that uh, we want to um, be part of the success of the company, and part of that success could be earning out the equity or other kinds of things. So hopefully it's a, it, we think it's a newer and more interesting approach to doing quote-unquote marketing services, but clearly has venture and uh, other good things attached to it. So uh, we'll see. We'll give it, give it the old college try. Chicago office is about two weeks old now, and um, so far so good. Well, you're incredibly well-known for being an expert in this area, and there's so few of you out there that understand interactive TV, interactive advertising, the potential, um, you know, who are the small innovative companies? And you've been working this space for a, a thousand years without growing old or looking old at all. But, uh, I mean, how, how and, and, you know, why is Catalyst in a good position to, to lead that charge? And, and why are you opening up an office in Chicago other than the fact that you live there? But um, are, you, are you looking at that market or you're just going to be very mobile? Um, so, uh, first of all, I think... Um uh, what I was trying to do is find something a bit more ascendant um, than where I have been for the last 10 years. And, and for, for those who don't know or, frankly, don't care, um, that was within largely the bowels of an increasingly large holding company. Um, so big media agencies like Starcom and Starcom Media Vest Group and then um, a futures unit within Publicis Group called Denuo and then VivaKey, which is sort of this um, – a big holding entity for digital and media assets. Um, but, you know, w four years ago, my venture uh, experience kind of began in earnest when I uh, helped set up Denua with my colleagues. And, uh, you know, the, the value proposition um, resonated pretty quickly. Um, the idea that technology-driven, and this, this speaks to lots of companies in the interactive television and addressable advertising spaces as well, um, have amazing technology and engineering talent, but um, have very little idea how to, quote-unquote, market themselves. 
uh, or if advertising is part of their mixture or revenue expectations, how to get to that point, how to do things like ad sales, how to create a value proposition that will resonate with marketers uh, when they don't have any scale yet, those kinds of things. And we basically found that they were willing to provide compensation for that kind of insight. It's not that marketing services and understanding advertising and agencies is rocket science. It's clearly not. But to an engineering and technology-driven culture, which a lot of these companies tend to be in the media space, um, it's a real um, disconnect. And it's just, uh, I, I, I pretty much said that I was more of a translator than anything else, helping translate raw innovation from the edges of, uh, of the world into, um, you know, a holding company and agencies and marketers who, frankly, need and still need to move faster as the world changes faster, and vice versa. Um, each of these companies that we work with, um, you know, basically helped push the needle forward um, for our agencies and our clients and, and give them some kind of feeling that they, they were on the track to being relevant going forward in the future. Um, the Catalyst SF folks um, are laser-like focused on, um, on, on doing similar things, right? They are, um, uh, you know, uh, open to different forms of compensation and, and have worked very, very deeply over the last two years with venture capital firms and startup firms, et cetera, um, and they're not afraid, frankly, to take sort of uh, some financial risk with some of these fledgling companies that may indeed be big deals down the road. So it's kind of a natural fit given what I was doing for the last three or four years. Um, uh, clearly, though, interactive television, addressable advertising, all that kind of stuff is very much in, in the wheelhouse among many other things. It just seems like it's so difficult to get the media agencies um to understand what interactive TV is, it seems like it's, just, it's been such a long haul. Um, it's great to to see that that you are investing your energies with this company, that you feel that this company gets it. Um, I, I I hope that they help lead the charge with you. Um, um, we really need that form of leadership in in that particular segment of the industry. Uh, and, and you're, like I said before my previous question, you're in the Chicago area, but I'm, you know, we don't, we don't hear too much from Chicago companies, not too many United TV companies there, maybe Motorola, but uh, I'm assuming you're going to be mobile, as I mentioned, um, you're going to be traveling around a lot. Are, I guess, are you looking, is that, that's the case, correct? Or are you, yeah. you think there are opportunities the, in Chicago? Yeah, the, the guys there were very uh, open to, um, to me, um, being in Chicago, I think it gives them a, a, a bigger footprint as they try to grow. Um, they hired a general manager in New York about six months previous. So now to have San Francisco kind of as the core, but then two, two offices in New York and Chicago. Um, but, you know, as for Chicago, and this is, I would have said this a couple of years ago when I was previously, um, you know, I, I truly can't think of a better place in, in, the, in the country to, if you will, do a reality check on uh, some of the mania that happens around media and tech uh, in places like Silicon Valley and uh, New York, right? Um, Chicago's always been a very strong marketing town and, um, in my opinion, always been a pretty good filter for some of the better ideas emanating from the coast. Um, and, you know, Chicago's got a pretty good tech scene as well, although it's pretty modest and uh, people tend to kind of stick to their knitting versus uh, shouting from the rooftops about what they do. But it, it, my point is that I've always found it to be actually kind of an advantage 
being sort of, quote unquote, in the middle, um, because it is the sort of proverbial how is it going to play in Peoria kind of approach. Now, I'm originally from New York, so I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not from here. I'm not a Midwestern corn-fed guy. But um, I do think um, there is I am. a – Okay, well, there you go. Well, I do think there is and there continues to be a translation error between innovation in media and tech and lots of things and, you know, the realities of branding and marketing and advertising and that kind of thing. I mean, and the, the interesting thing to me is which of the um, – you know, who changes whom? Do the traditional marketer sort of process, how much do they change and how much is never going to change? That's important to know for a tech company. And vice versa, how much, um, you know, how much is just going to, um, uh, to change uh, as tech and engineering sort of uh, bring out ideas and stuff if, let's say, the marketing community doesn't get it or um, uh, doesn't, if you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Doesn't understand it. Um, both need each other. And, you know, it, it's, um, it's, a, it, it's a good place to be because there are a lot of people who are reaching out for each other, and hopefully we can be a helpful intermediary like we were before. So, um, for what I understand, you are going to be looking out for innovative uh, emerging companies. Is this to invest in um, for Catalyst, or is this to find companies to recommend to your clients to invest in? I think I'm going to be doing a bunch of things. One is kind of just supporting the main the main business of Catalyst SF, which is uh, effectively marketing capital, trying to provide marketing services of all shapes and sizes to companies who need it and may not necessarily have tons of cash lying around. So, yes, definitely entrepreneurial and startup and stuff, and preferably in media and tech, but not, not exclusively. Um, but the other two areas that uh, I'm, I'm effectively building as separate practices, um, one is uh, investment advisement. I have a lot of people clearly in the investment circles, whether it's venture or uh, private equity or um, you know, uh, publicly traded entities on Wall Street, all very much uh, still frothing at uh, the possibilities of mergers and acquisitions in this space, uh, as the sort of new pieces of media and technology come together. So hopefully, knock on wood, we can give a little bit of advice and consult on that front. The other area, frankly, is to do some straight consulting, if you will, from the advanced media perspective that, you know, I've lived the last 10 years. So anybody, in, you know, in the addressable advertising space, anybody in the on-demand space, in the sort of future of measurement kinds of things, those are all, you know, areas that I have a lot of uh, scars and wounds from that uh, hopefully could uh, be beneficial to to folks that are finally jumping into the pool with interactive TV and uh, and targeting and and I, I add one thing here it, it almost seems like it's a renaissance now of the possibilities I really think that this is the time finally where we're going to see interactive television and or addressability and more sophisticated scenarios within television slash video environments finally happen only took ten are years. You, huh? Uh, probably more more than that. I thought I even go back to the late seventies. But uh, are you uh, particularly interested in um, 
the services provided by the MSO, so the, sort of the ascendancy, your term, of EBIS and services on cable oh, and or satellite, or are you also looking at the broadband TV space on the Internet and or over-the-top connected TV platforms or all of the above? Right. So, um, I mean, as you know, I've been a big advocate for what I call video everywhere uh, for quite some time. You know, it's a video across multiple touch points. Um, and then you're way ahead of your time. You've been way ahead of your time for a long time. <laughs> yeah, well, which, which is debatable as to whether that's uh, smart or not. Um, but the, the, suffice to say that, that finally I think people are recognizing that, you know, the television is not necessarily the only or the primary way by which people are going to consume video. Now, is it more of the ultimate experience? Of course it is. If, if you want to watch an HD or 3D and in stereo sound with a big screen, I mean, obviously, you know, the home theater thing is the way to go. But, um, you know, as I said before, if you're in an airport uh, and your flight's delayed again and, you know, you, you don't have access to a show or a, a, a sporting event that you want to watch, I mean, a small mobile device uh, that has access may be just good enough and everything in between, right? So it would be very interesting to see sort of how people truly want to consume video and it also be very interesting to see sort of how the current stakeholders uh, defend and or advance their thinking uh, accordingly. Um, obviously, it's, it's a business, and money needs to be made to pay for content, but um, I don't think anybody has all the answers. But you mentioned – so I, I think some very interesting things have happened over the last couple of months that make it very, very interesting. I'm very interested in this battle royale, I call it, between the authentication – better known as TV Everywhere forces, the incumbents, mm -hmm. the cable operators, the networks, et cetera, who want to just effectively extend the walled garden and allow people to um, log in uh, on a number of devices, which is an interesting concept, versus the sort of free thinker movement of over the top, right? The boxies and the clickers and the uh, Netflixes to some extent of the world where, you know, Internet-connected devices, not necessarily set-tops, but game consoles, or even the, 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 the TV sets themselves, having that pure, direct, broadband Internet connectivity, and God knows what comes over that transom. Um, all I know is that the incumbents, the network operators, are going to have a real interesting time of it trying to figure out how they can get value out of one or both of those scenarios. Um, but it, it's an exciting proposition because it gives people a lot more uh, flexibility and control over what they want to see when they when they watch it, et cetera. Um, so I, it, arguably those things, and, and frankly, even the network operators, I think, have, have, have made some strides. I mean, I, I just saw, you know, yesterday the, the naming of Select TV as the uh, sort of icon, iconography for um, the Canoe Ventures-backed um, technology um, that, that hopefully maybe begins to sort of harmonize across multiple MSOs, uh, a platform that en enables interactive advertising and, uh, and content. But that's long overdue. As a, as a marketing expert, do you think that that's a, a good brand? Do you think that might be effective, the select TV brand? Uh, it, it's certainly a start. I, 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 you know, uh, it, it, no, uh, no better or worse than the blinking uh, cursive eye that Wink used years ago. Um, I think anything that, that, that uh, is, is memorable and um, – you know, and is indicative of, of something that's latent behind the programming that they're watching. I think that's, you know, that's fine. I think the question is you've got to, 
um, do a little bit of branding around that and get people to pay attention to make sure that they know what that blinking logo or that, that icon means uh, to go further. But um, I, I suspect it's the beginning of a process. And look, I, I think a lot of people have been waiting for this sort of interconnectivity, at least in the cable front, for a long, long time. I hope it's you know not too late uh, for that platform given the advances of over-the-top video. Are you uh, working with any clients right now, um, or are you looking at any particular companies um, for your clients that you can mention? Yeah, I mean, we, a discussion with a lot of different companies in and around the online video space as well as in the sort of traditional uh, TV interactivity space. I, I can't really sort of uh, name names at this point because it's a little early on and I don't want to sort of violate confidences. But, um, you know, I can tell you that all of them are worried about the other side, right? So if it's a conversation, you know, with a company that's uh, helping aggregate uh, online video content so that you can watch it on your TV set, you know, they're just as worried about, you know, they, they worry about the cable operator-dominated walled garden and how they could be shut out, right? Um, you know, it, it, it's a very interesting tit-for-tat uh, thing that goes on uh, for some of these things. I mean, you look at the Kylo browser that Hillcrest Labs uh, put out there about two months ago. Um, and uh, fair disclosure, I've been a personal advisor to Hillcrest Labs uh, for some time. Um, it, it's, a, it's an elegant web browser that sits on the TV screen. Um, and it uh, enables basically anything from, from the web to be consumed on the television set in, in uh, beautifully rendered fashion, inclusive of video. Now, Hulu didn't like that idea, right? And it's, it's the latest sort of bug squash from an online service owned by two major, or three major now, television network companies. Um, so this is the battle royale part. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm sanguine on the possibilities. It'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. I don't, I don't see how these, the big broadcasters can really squash that indefinitely. I mean, all of the platforms out there um, are, are building you know, the ability to deliver Internet content with linear and on-demand content. Active Video just announced their IVOD um, initiative yesterday, and uh, the cable operators, even by doing TV everywhere, are embracing Internet content. I, I, even if, even if uh, they're resisting integrating that into their platforms now, they're certainly going to move in that direction. I don't, I don't see how the big broadcasters can can keep that at bay. I think mean, if they just haven't figured out their business model yet, it's kind of like the old... Uh, Replay TV problem, the, the big studios haven't figured out how to make any money on the DVR platform, so they killed Replay TV before they, because they hadn't, you know, they, those guys were so maverick and, and, and pushing them, pushing the studios too far too fast that they squashed them, you know, um, before any trouble well, started. You, you, you do bring up an issue. I mean, it's, it's you know, there are incumbents, right, uh, in the television industry, in the network operator space, in the agency community, even marketers themselves who pay the bills. I mean, there is a uh, an incumbency and a, a an historic way of doing things, and not all of them are necessarily eager to upset their relatively stable or at least understandable business models, um, even if they might be interested. I, I suspect that, look, at the end of the day, it is all about money, and if, if we're talking about newer forms of distribution, there are probably business models associated. And, and clearly, ad support of online video alone doesn't seem to be cutting it. But um, 
you know, I, that doesn't to me. That's just that's a, that's looking at it in a, in a vacuum because I think going forward, a quote unquote television show is going to be, you know, linear and multiple nonlinear kinds of exhibition windows, and, and maybe that's the way to to think about it going the next couple of years is exhibition windows, right? Just like the movie industry adjusted with the arrival of the VHS and the uh, DVD, and now things like on demand. I mean, I think what you're seeing right now going on there is really um, uh, less fighting about alternate distribution methods, but a, a, an approach to reasonably control them so that all benefit from the revenue streams associated. And some of that may be windowing of stuff. And that might, be, that might hold some of the seeds of success for television. Uh, now, are, are you, um, without uh, um, breaking any confidences, can, are you saying that you though you're you're interested in uh, companies that aggregate content more or technology infrastructure companies? You, you mentioned addressable advertising. I mean, what kinds of companies are you looking for or looking at? And you know, um, you know, which companies do you think are really interesting and exciting? And the second part of that question is, is do you want companies to contact you um, if they, if they think that they fall within that particular parameter? Well, certainly. I mean, all I'm trying to do is translate some of the um, uh, future of television stuff that I've been doing for years over into a, a new place to do it. Um, it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I can tell you I'm talking with some big companies with big vested interests. Uh, network operator side and programmer side. Um, and obviously we've got good relations with um, a lot of the startup companies that are obviously going to be in the mix. Um, you know, I, have, I definitely think highly of companies like Visible World and uh, Rent Track and Black Arrow. Um, you know, on the video, uh, the online video side, companies like Visible Measures, um, you know, I, I there are, you know, TRA and their ability to take set-top box data and marry that with um, shopper information. Um, those are all companies to me that are, um, you know, all in the mix. Um, you look at what Title TV is evolving into, um, the stuff that NVIDIA uh, is still chugging along with. I mean, there is uh, the two satellite guys coming together and saying, let's be a unified platform. I mean, arguably before Canoe got its act together for cable, you got two satellite companies going, Hey, rising tide floats all boats. Um, so I, I, I think a lot of the pieces are there. Um, I, to me, the interesting thing will be how those pieces come together 
And, um, you know, through advisement and through what we're doing here at Catalyst, I think you're going to see um, some interesting combinations um, in the next, you know, uh, six to 18 months. Um, you know, some of those might be the big uh, hegemony players like Microsoft. You know, uh, that, that was one of our exits with Navic uh, back in the day. Um, you know, Google obviously is uh, still still at it, and there are probably some other entities out there that are capable of, of stepping up. Um, you know, I look at a company like Envision out of New York City, um, very pretty interesting, compelling company, not well known to a lot of people, uh, except if you were in the television network sales business. Envision basically handles all of the optimization uh, of that inventory for sellers. Um, they're an interesting player. They could be part of the mixture, right? So to me, the ecosystem of how, quote-unquote, advanced television and video um, advertising and targeting and all that kind of stuff happens. I think the pieces are starting to come together, and they're certainly being built right now, that's for sure. When when you look at the potential uh, for bringing your partners together, what do you tell them about uh, what's possible now versus what's possible a year or two from now? I mean, how far ahead do you, do you plan? Um, how far, I guess, how far ahead does Catalyst want to plan for their clients, and, and so how do you communicate that um, in terms of yeah, what's I mean, possible I mean, now? Yeah, I mean, Catalyst SF basically uh, fancies themselves as, as, like I said, marketing capital, but it's, it's very strategic, right? So the idea is to be a, a, a very strong help on the digital strategy front. Now, whether that's a classic company that just needs help into sort of translating into digital uh, relevance, um, you know, that could be a, you know, one, one of our clients is um, Del Monte, uh, we're effectively the digital agency of record for Del Monte, and and Del Monte obviously not only wants to you know become more digital with their marketing uh, processes, but you know they also are a big buyer of television. And as television becomes more addressable and interactive, um, clearly there's a role, hopefully, that we can help them through that process. But to your point, you know, is that tomorrow or is that in a year or two? I mean, you know, the addressable trials thing, while a little bit more scaled than they were a few years ago, still isn't you know, mainstream and ready for prime time yet, the coming together of Canoe with some real real products, the coming together of the two satellite guys, uh, as a, at least as a commonly denominated platform, uh, and I'm, I'm fairly certain the two telcos are, you know, in the same kind of, uh, thinking along the same kind of lines. I, I, you finally have some of the backbone stuff coming together that can facilitate some scale to make this stuff happen. Um, so I guess what I to answer to your question, you know, I, I think the life cycle of innovation is getting faster, and I think in this case the TV thing, uh, it's, it's hardly an overnight development, right? I mean, it's been 20, 30, 40 years in the making. It really seems like a lot of the pieces are coming together to sort of hasten what you and I have been talking about for at least 10 years and others longer um, to, to bring in you know, more targeting and more uh, relevance in, in the realm of, quote-unquote, television uh, advertising uh, than we've been able to do before. Arguably, you could say the digital stuff that we've all learned the last 15 years, and in- inclusive of online video, is a dress rehearsal for the big enchilada, which is still, for quite some time, I think, television in, in its many forms. You mentioned commerce a moment ago, and you know I have a particular interest in that because I think that will help fuel um, the potential of the interactive media medium. Um, is that the big enchilada? Is that something that you're 
you're talking about with your clients? I mean, is it really all about advertising, or is it potentially about um, getting people to actually uh, develop services, to build complicated, you know, um, offerings with transaction capability? In other words, advertising, marketing, advertising, and then selling directly. Is that is that something that um, is uh, is uh, uh, important on your list of uh, priority items for your clients? I think there's a dichotomy of advertising, right? One is sort of the classic brand marketing approach, and the other is sort of the more direct or even more promotional kind of approach. Um, and obviously you see that in bifurcated advertising units and inventory on major cable networks, right? I mean, there's a whole bunch of cable networks that basically outsource their over-the-night programming to paid programs, right? Um, mm-hmm. my, um, my sense is that the first folks who are going to really – run with the ball on interactivity and even addressability um, will be more from the direct or promotional marketing budgets or sensibilities. And then over time, that will bubble up into more mainstream packaged goods brand advertising scenarios. Um, I I just think it's because uh, inherently, quote-unquote, interactive television and leaning in and pushing a button and Learning more is just more of a direct and or promotional kind of uh, kind of activity than just getting brand awareness, which is reach and frequency and and, and memory, so that when you're in the store, you remember the brand. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that's I think that's the path how it's going to happen. I'm, that's not to say that there aren't going to be any progressive brands that want to do addressability or targeting or that kind of stuff. But you know, I think actually the the magic word may be promotion. That kind of bridges the two together, because in essence. Promotion or promotional marketing is it's almost like the, the direct marketing component of brand marketing, right? Because you're, you're trying to take the best of the brand and, and make it more tangible into either, you know, a, a couponing scenario or a, a name and an address grab, a sweepstakes, a, something to promote some kind of actual activity versus just the, the you know, the generic branding awareness thing. So I, I think actually and this would be interesting to see where the budgets come from, besides the direct type of, of advertiser, which I think will just glom onto this really quickly, um, I think it's the promotionally-minded advertiser. Maybe that's driven by a promotional agency or a group within the marketing group that's focused on promotions. They may be the first ones to really bite you know, in classic brand advertising form. It, it, in terms of the big brand advertising and the big upfront buys for tonnage and reach and frequency, that's probably the last sort of area that probably – becomes um, interactivized, shall we say, on television. Uh, but there, there's so much, um, there's, so, there's a lot of work being done, though, to bridge across all different platforms, to, to connect them, to drive assets um, to all of the different platforms. Um, and then also, it's been, I'm seeing a lot of uh, movement towards uh, making relationships with transaction services. So it I feel definitely that, um, that there's interest in providing people with the ability to purchase directly off of video experience, but obviously promotional marketing is never going to go away. Well, if you're blending a broadband connection with a uh, historically passive or linear presentation of television, um, you now have a back channel, right, to enable that kind of stuff. I mean, if you remember what Wink and Respond TV and, to some extent, WorldGate back in the day, back in the earlier part of last decade, were trying to do, I mean, there was, uh, you know, they were effectively trying to do that on the back of a, of a, of a 
dial-up phone line, right? So, so now with a, a seemingly infinite connection, broadband, wireless, whatever, um, it, it breaks down the barrier to conducting either a transaction or just an information transfer that was, um, frankly, very, very difficult, if not impossible, to do before, Web TV, too. Oh yeah, it's um, it just seems like it's snowballing all of a sudden. That there, there are so many. I mean, if you're in if you're in the cloud out there, you can and if you take advantage of the cloud services, you can bring that in through your you know your Ethernet connection to any any type of um, tele, you know traditional television. All of the big CE manufacturers are you know building those connections into their TV. So if you if you don't have those relationships with um, uh, transactional capability, you're 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 going to be left behind, I think. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how a company like Catalyst will not only. I think, I guess I'm putting words in your mouth. I'm sorry, but I, to some extent, I think that that Catalyst and their agencies will be forced to um, to move to look at advertising not as just a, a, as a one opportunity, but there's a series of steps that, that the, their clients are going to need to take in order to evangelize. Yeah, I, I, I think the subtle, I think the subtle change that's really that really has to happen here, is that we have to get out of the word this word advertising and and by extension the word agency, because advertising implies that you have an allocation to spend, on, classic or traditional media formats, and the reality is that there are so many different formats and things out there now and growing by the day. And an inventory, quote-unquote, whether it's new or old, just seems to be increasing exponentially. Um, an allocation strategy for media spend isn't the appropriate response. What, you, what one needs to do is really step back and, and, and call it marketing, right, uh, which is a much more uh, inclusive term. And marketing means things like promotion or invent, events or PR or social or all those things. And, and the allocation of marketing, different word, um, maybe I think is going to be quite different than what you would normally have done with a quote-unquote media allocation. So I think most marketers, especially those that are pretty schooled in data, whether it's inventory or loyalty programs and that kind of stuff, recognize that, that this is really a, uh, a, a, an evolution of how marketing is done. Media and advertising are certainly still part of the equation and maybe certainly in an advanced form, but it, it's, it's, I don't think it's predominant going forward as it used to be. I mean, I, I don't think – I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I, you see the shifting of budgets to, quote-unquote, social activities, which are less expensive and not necessarily handled by an agency and not necessarily bought like a media buy, right? So, so no, a marketer does, probably wouldn't have heard that from an agency. They're probably realizing that themselves. That's a marketing conversation, not a media expenditure conversation, social. I'm glad you, you discussed that because I, I definitely find the whole concept of, of advertising in this age fairly limited, and it, it seems like it's a much more dynamic, you know, multi-platform discussion. Of course, I haven't even brought up social media. So, you know, I'm sure social media marketing is really high up on, 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 the, on your agency's uh, list of priorities. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of those services and, and how they're going to play a part in and how you advise your clients. Please. I'm sorry, I missed that, Tracy. Oh, I just said, like, how important is social media these days? I mean, I, maybe that's kind of like the obvious question out there. I hadn't mentioned it before, but uh, you know, 
clearly being able to offer these services to your clients or telling them how to do them, how to manage them is going to be very is important now. And I mean, how are you advising them about the the potential of social media in their marketing? Yeah, since, since Catalyst SF is in is is prim, primarily in the strategy side of things and and, and the the planning communications planning part of things, um, social obviously is um, uh, a big, if not the biggest, component of of where things go. It's not like traditionally buying stuff or inventory. Um, you know, look at television though, for example. I mean, I think so. Social is a flavoring, right? Social is just a part. It's a thread in all kinds of activities, right? So this is, it's not just a medium by itself. Are there things to quote unquote buy in social environments? I guess so, but I, I, I would resist the temptation to put it into a, an allocation bucket like I argued earlier and think of it just as another marketing strategy slash tactic, um, multi-faceted, multi uh, uh, that said. Um, I mean, you look at, you apply it to television, it's pretty interesting, right? So you know for many years I've been a big um, advocate for improving the guidance and navigation environment for all things video, right? I mean, the, arguably the grids that uh, our friends at uh, now Rovi and the network operators and, and the like have provided us have been relatively um, inelegant, shall we say, in terms of keeping up with the variety of stuff that's, that's available to choose. Linear, non-linear, mm -hmm. over-the-top video, et cetera. Um, so uh, new ways to find and discover programming, just on the regular old television set, I think are absolutely crucial. Um, I don't think we're half, even halfway there yet. But to me, one of those elements is going to be social, right? Other people like you, whether anonymized and aggregated, like this show, you might like it too. Or maybe your, your defined circle of friends a la Facebook or whatever, or Foursquare or whatever, are watching this show, you may be interested as well, and you'd be able to suggest to other people um, to their particular show that they might be interested. So I do think there will be a social thread that will help in the guidance and navigation thing for, for television and video. I think it's, um, I think it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty obvious that people will discover programs more from what others are watching or have discovered or found uh, beyond just sort of traditional methods. I, I, I want to wrap it up a bit, and I really appreciate your time on this. Um, I guess my last question would be, are there any technologies out there that you think are going to really change the, you know, the entire landscape? I mean, obviously, the operators and the manufacturers think that it's going to be 3D. Um, the connected TV space has had a massive impact. The cable operator is also pushing EBIS. I mean, uh, and we're not even discussing, like you said, addressable advertising and all of those kinds of things that are kind of unseen infrastructure builders. Um, is there anything that you think is particularly exciting and potentially, uh, you know, uh, that's just going to change the game completely in the next couple of years? Because you always have your, your, um, your antenna up uh, way before everybody else. Well, I don't know if I'm smart enough to, to know what the big or bigger uh, what the big game changers are going to be, but um, I do know what what the negative effects of, of this could be if this is done in an unbridled and um, wild west kind of way, and and that is the issue of um, targeting and privacy. Um, I honestly think that um, the what's happened online is is um, 
pushing the boundaries if it hasn't already passed um, uh, privacy and and the uh, the the limits of of what's acceptable from personal information standpoint. Um, you talking I, about I, the, the I, new Facebook the Facebook privacy rules the Facebook marketing Facebook, and Facebook. It's, it's Facebook, it's people.com, it's, 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 all, it's Zillow, it's, it's all of these entities which, you know, are offer discoverable information that can be easily compiled that, um, you know, can be, you know, nefarious if done incorrectly. And I think there is a, um, you know, there is a, a lagging gap um, from the legislation and uh, legal side of things. Uh, in terms of where um, how to regulate a frenetic technology um, uh, environment that can, continues to innovate at, at a very fast pace, I'm, I'm so I guess what I'm trying to say is that I'm worried about the unintended consequences of some of the stuff that we in the marketing profession get all giddy about. Um, you know, and we're starting to see it around the edges now. People who are detoxing from social networks. People who are, you know, the cyberbullying thing, the, you know, the, just the, the, the raw information that people are finding out about people, um, you know, whether they volunteer it or not through digital sources where they kind of never really go away. So I, I, I think, you know, while I'm, I'm very positive and bullish about the possibilities of how we better target advertising and messaging, eliminate waste, make it more relevant for the consumer, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm very concerned about how far this process goes without violating people's basic rights or worse. And um, I have a feeling we're going to see a couple of things that will sort of blow up that you know could derail or, de or detract from progress on this space. And I think it's all, uh, incumbent upon all of us in the sort of in the food chain to not only self-regulate but to be very conscious of what's simply just not the right thing to do uh, and before the long arm of the law decides that uh, that's the case. I'm glad that you brought that up. I, I have definitely always been interested in privacy issues for many, many years. Uh, uh, I wouldn't go into all that, but um, I'm, rather than answering the, the the question like which technology were you interested in, you, you, you pointed up something that people don't discuss very often, and I think that's in past. We have seen various uh, times in the past where privacy issues were at risk and people pulled back and companies had to retract and rewrite, but they just seem to keep rewriting their privacy policies until you just kind of don't even want to read the whole thing. Um, I think uh, the Facebook issue is uh, is doing all of that and um, it's definitely, you know, some people feel that Facebook is going to be the you know the platform of the future for interactive TV and some people are afraid of it and pulling back, so it, it, I'm glad you brought that up. It's very important issue. I think it's a whole conference, Tracy, but who am I to say? Can you talk to me about that? I can do that. Um, we'll have to discuss that offline. Uh, anyway, I really appreciate your time and insight. And as usual, we always sort of just talk about the future and the industry, and, uh, and I think that's great. So thank you so much uh, for everything, Tim. And uh, again, thank you very much for speaking, for leading our session at our conference. Uh, oh, my pleasure. Show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Tracy. And whatever I can do to be of further help, I'm always happy to do it. You know I'll call you. I appreciate it. Let me, you know what? I'll talk to you offline. Okay. Thanks, Tim. Be well. Thank you. All right. You too. Take care.
This is uh, Tracy Swedlo, Editor-in-Chief of Interactive TV Today, and we've just been speaking to Tim Hanlon, who is now uh, opening up a new office at Catalyst SF. He's opening it up, it up in uh, San Francisco, uh, but you can find Catalyst at catalystsf.com, so C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T-S-F.com. Be sure to get all of our uh, other interviews at itvt.com. And we also have a lot of blogs and columns and daily news, of course. And you can find that information about our TV of Tomorrow Show conference uh, every year. And we're going to be producing another event uh, fairly soon this fall, which we'll announce hopefully in the next month. Thanks again. This is Tracy Spudlow, Editor-in-Chief of Interactive TV Today. And thanks Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.